Hello and welcome. I am J.R. Everhart from Restoration Ministries. I will be your host today here on the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. Today we're going to talk about being uncomfortable. And it's a very uncomfortable subject to talk about because uh, there's nothing fun about being uncomfortable in that uh, process of growth and when God has kind of got us on the potter's wheel and applying some pressure to mold us into what he wants us to be. But I think we need to keep our focus on all the right things and honestly just kind of give ourselves a break along the pathway, the journey that we call uh, life here. So stick around. I'll be back in about 60 seconds. I want to talk to you guys for a second about my company, COP Audio. COP Audio is your one-stop source for mobile audio and lighting, as well as a host of other services. Uh, We can handle everything from large outdoor concerts to small club-type shows or even DJing your wedding or company picnic. Uh, We also work with local and regional government for public address events and summer community concert series type stuff. We also do event planning and band booking as well as audio install work at your local church or high school. You'll find tons of information online about us on both Instagram and Facebook. When you go to our Facebook page, make sure that you read our reviews from our clients. You can also find us uh, by just calling me or texting us. Uh, 304-676-8811, 304-676-8811. You can also email me at um, jr.coptaudio at gmail.com. That's jr.coptaudio at gmail.com. CLP Audio has a long success record with dozens of bands, churches, and event venues all around the Mid-Atlantic. Again, find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching CLP Audio or call 304-676-8811. That's 304-676-8811. All right, and welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, and CLP Audio is actually doing phenomenal right now. Um, things are opened back up, and the music world is on fire, and... I am slammed crazy busy, you know, um, probably doing, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 shows a month right now, um, which sounds like a lot, but in my world, I could uh, probably do four or five more a month and be perfectly fine, but uh, nevertheless, I'm kind of a workaholic that way, so, you know, I said that to, uh, you know, lay out some foundation of, of this little intro here into today's message that, uh, as I said in the last podcast, uh, probably three or four weeks ago now, that, uh, you know, I didn't really know what the summer was going to look like as far as availability to do the podcast and to keep up with the podcast. Uh, the podcast is enormously time-consuming uh, in the sense of, you know, uh, getting really in a place of prayer to be able to receive from the Holy Spirit and and to feel uh, God's tug into what direction I need to go in and to actually write out um, the podcast, even even my freestyle stuff, because I, I occasionally do some freestyle podcasts where I don't have notes in front of me. Um, even that, there's a, a lot of prayer and a lot of you know, time invested in preparing for that. Uh, I'm not someone who just kind of jumps on the microphone for the sake of creating content, because I would rather give you, you know, um, uh, 
I'd rather give you good stuff that's coming from my heart and, you know, coming from a place of, uh, of holiness in the sense of from my personal walk with God and what I'm trying to do and, you know, trying to walk out this messy, clumsy thing we call life and navigate through the truth labyrinth that is our progressive sanctification uh, or discipleship, as some would describe it. And, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a mess and it's crazy. And, you know, I'm trying to hang on for dear life just as much as everybody else some days. But, uh, you know, I have missed you guys and I have missed the, the, the time that it takes to, you know, in prayer and things like that. It's, it's really tough to stay prayed up when you're busy, you know, and, and I know that there's people out there who get what I'm saying because you're dealing with it yourself. And especially when you run your own business, whether it's a, you know, a small little mom and pop, you know, um, retail thing or a hair salon or in my case, an audio production company or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, you know, construction company, whatever, you know that, you know, your day doesn't stop at eight hours. You know, I was actually talking with a friend of mine inside the industry today about the amount of time we invest in this that our clients don't see. Uh, the conversation was birthed out of a a, uh, a pricing topic, you know, of uh, what we should be making compared to what we're actually making. And uh, I think on average, I'm probably investing just a hair under 80 hours a week into CLP audio just to try and keep up with everything that it takes to do that. And that's uh, on average, I think twice as much as what most people are working. You know, all they see is our gig time, which is you know, two to four days a week, depending on what's going on, you know, that particular week. Uh, and they're like, oh, wow, man, how's your life so hard? You only work, you know, two, three days a week or whatever it is, and you're off the rest of the week, and you're at the pool, and you're this, that, and the other. Well, what they don't see is the 3 a.m. mornings that I spend in the shop, you know, doing 30, 35 hours a week of gig prep and equipment maintenance and trying to make sure that everything is uh, uh, golden when we go out to do jobs. And that's just kind of how COP Audio, you know, rolls. You know, I'm, I'm very, very driven and very goal-oriented, um, you know, so it's, it's I can't sleep at night if I know stuff needs to be done. So I said all that to say that, you know, that the podcast has kind of suffered over the summer months. And I think moving forward, what I'm probably going to do is a, um, is a, is a summer break every year, you know, probably from like mid June to late September, early October or something. Um, and just kind of take those months off. You guys go and enjoy time with your families, uh, go to the beach, go to the mountains, go camping, do whatever it is that you do with, with your family or your significant other. And I'm going to go out and just go crazy and work and do all that kind of stuff. And I do have a short beach vacation planned, uh, actually the first weekend of August that I'm looking forward to. I'm going, I'm getting to go on vacation with my youngest daughter. And I don't think we have been to the beach together since she was a little girl. So I'm really, really looking forward forward to that um i think that's going to be super super groovy for us to eat way too much seafood together and kind of lay on the beach like you know daddy warbuck and orphan annie <laughs> so uh yeah so all things are good in the world of jr you know it's just uh crazy busy and i wish i had more time to do the things uh to do ministry actually i haven't really even been you know, super plugged into uh, my recovery group. 
just because of scheduling stuff and a bunch of those guys are dealing with the same thing because they're doing vacations and they're all over the place and busy and that sort of stuff as well uh, I still am in touch with the one guy I'm sponsoring right now uh, because I kind of dialed a lot of that back I think at the beginning of the year I was probably still an active sponsor to about I don't know six or eight people now I'm just sponsoring one person, and uh, we're kind of doing really super cool, and he's he's rocking it out, and I think he has great things ahead of him, and I think God has great things in store for him. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the update on uh, the world of JR. So let's dig into today's message, uh, Uncomfortable. I actually wrote this, I think, about a week and a half ago. Um, I did not rehearse this before I jumped on here because, again, it was a time thing. And it's uh, six minutes after 1 a.m. in the morning, and I'd like to be in bed at least by 3. And uh, I'm easily two hours ahead of me just editing this and, and making it, you know, uh, you know, podcast-worthy. You know, if you understand what that means and you know the struggle. So I'm just going to kind of stumble my way through this. You bear with me and we're going to trust God to bless it and uh, the Holy Spirit to inspire me. Uh, Lord, I submit myself to you right now in the name of Jesus and um, ask you to guide me through this message and to um, reveal to me the things that you want to be shared in this subject. So I was talking to a friend of mine um about two weeks ago, you know, and uh, talking about hardships and uh, uh, she's going through a really rough place in her life and uh, really struggling with some things. And I just was in like bumper sticker mode for about three days. I actually joked about this with one of my sponsees um, because I had another guy that I'm not sponsoring officially now who still calls me and all my sponsees call me from time to time. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, I was telling him, I'm like, man, I'm in like bumper sticker quote mode and I don't know why, you know, and none of this stuff was rehearsed. This is just kind of how it flows out of me sometimes. But I said, uh, where we are is not who we are. It's just part of the journey to where we are going. So let me say that again. Where we are is not who we are. It's just part of the journey to where we are going. Uh, and that quote was inspired from this conversation uh, with a friend who was really going through a tough time and trying to just get her to not stay focused on the obstacle that is facing her, her Goliath. You know, the things that is the thing that is it's just trying to really jack up her groove right now um, and need to focus on the things she needs to be thankful for, first of all. And this is Recovery Stuff 101. But uh, she also needs to be focused on Christ, you know, and she needs to um, not let her failures overshadow the good that God's trying to do in her life. And I know you guys, if you're a regular listener to my podcast, you'll know that uh, I speak a lot about how um, we can get so focused on our failures that we're missing the good things God is trying to do in our life and the good that he's trying to pull out of the things that were meant for evil in our life. Uh, so that's kind of where I was going in that conversation with her. And, and this quote came out, where we are is not who we are. It's just part of the journey to where we are going. So many times we get so focused on uh, the here and now that we lose sight of the journey that is our lives. Um, 
we should always be moving forward even if it's at a snail's pace. Uh, and I've said this many times before on this podcast, no matter how slow you're moving, you're still miles ahead of everyone that's not trying to grow. Uh, I read a quote on Instagram uh, It says today, which would have been two weeks ago, that said comfort is highly overrated and almost always incompatible with progress. I think the quote was geared toward a fitness uh, sort of thing, but it really struck my recovery nerve. You know, it really hit a recovery nerve in me. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense, you know, in the, in the, you know, the mindset of the uncomfortable uh, seasons we go through when, when we're kind of being squeezed and, and God is trying to refine us in the refiner's fire and he's trying to pull some things out of us that that we don't need in our life and trying to take us to the next level. Um, so yeah, the quote again was, comfort is highly overrated and almost always incompatible with progress. Um, the discomfort of growing is not what defines us. And that discomfort can be very ugly at times. Uh, But it's part of the process, just like taking a driving test is part of the process of getting your driver's license. We may fail the test, but we never give up because we understand that being able to drive is a part of being a responsible adult. We never question the fact that we will eventually get our license. I mean, we have to, right? Uh, how can a person work or go to the store to buy food and clothing or, you know, visit family or go on vacation, you know, any of that stuff without a driver's license? You know, it's an intricate part of our adult life. Well, so is our sobriety and our wholeness and our process of self-growth and our process of, of discipleship and getting into a deeper relationship with Christ and getting into a deeper understanding of the Word. Uh, that stuff needs to be just as important, and we need to view that process the same way we kind of view that getting our license process. Many times, you know, we, we fail at trying to get from point A to point B. If you've ever talked to someone who's had to go through a commercial driving class or school or something like that, they'll tell you that that is a very hard process to get through, and you really have to be patient as you learn how to uh, drive an 80,000-pound 18-wheeler. You know, that's kind of taking that analogy to the next level, but it really solidifies the point that I'm making that it's that sort of intense focus and determination and and ambition that we need to come to the table with, with our relationship with Christ. We need to have that same passion uh, in seeking him, but instead we trade godly suffering uh, that is leading us to a life we truly desire And we're exchanging it for quick and easy comfort. Um, And our world is just hardwired for that quick and easy comfort mode. You know, I mean, just look around. I mean, television itself, I can remember when I was a kid, even in the 70s and early 80s, you know, our parents were were not big fans of television outside of listening or watching the evening news and maybe a couple sitcoms before bed. Um, we didn't sit on the TV for hours and hours and hours. I mean, as children, this was this is kind of what blows me away, and it's it's a whole nother conversation. But it blows me away how parents let their kids spend hours upon hours upon hours playing video games when they need to be outside 
you know, experiencing the world and learning the lessons of community. Um, I can remember running around with a bunch of kids in the neighborhood and, you know, that helped develop my social skills and stuff like that. And now we have, you know, Facebook and that sort of thing. And it takes away that face-to-face personal connection that we get, you know, uh, uh, like we did when we were kids out playing in the neighborhood. You know, so television, even in those days, was frowned upon. Like, I, I can remember my parents being cool with Saturday morning cartoons because we're eating a bowl of Captain Crunch and spending a few hours there. It gives them a break, you know. Uh, but, man, by like 11, 12 o'clock, I can remember my parents coming into the room and turning the TV off and say, okay, boys, it's time to go outside and do something and go play, you know. Uh, you're not going to sit in front of the TV all day. Well, that's not even heard of anymore. Like, I don't even, I, don't, I haven't heard a conversation like that between a parent and a child, and I don't even know how long. Now, I've heard people allude to that idea with video games, but the kid always seems to win and just retreats to his room where he has all those creature comforts. And, you know, they, they grow up in this world of entitlement that they need to be comfortable all the time. Guys, I experience the results of that on a regular basis inside of recovery because I'll say safely 95% of the people that I've worked with inside of recovery have probably indulged way too much in that kind of activity in their life, whether it was video games or TV or movies or you know, food, you know, is also a big thing for some people. Um, and then when they get in their 20s and they get out into the world and the world is not as polite and as tolerant as your parents are at home and your boss at work requires you to show up on time, you know, and give him, you know, eight hours of, of uh, you know, of work, well, then they tend to kind of pop, you know, they tend to uh, really struggle with adjusting to that life because they're not used to that. All they're used to is comfort. They're not used to being uncomfortable. Um, and and that that is probably the toughest thing, the toughest hurdle that I have to get over with sponsoring and working with, with young guys is, you know, you're going to go through a season of suffering to get where you want to go here. There's no way out of it. It's like someone trying to lose weight. You know, they're going to go through a season of starving themselves and you know, going to the gym or working out regularly to get to that ideal weight that they need to be at just to be healthy. I'm not even talking about being a bodybuilder or something, just to be healthy. There's there's a, a, a whole season of uncomfortableness that goes along with that. Well, it's the same thing when we're trying to better ourselves, you know, and better our mental health, better ourselves uh, spiritually, you know, and that sort of thing. Uh, so every day is a struggle. Every day I struggle to take time, even in my morning routine, to read a three-minute devotional. I'm clearing notifications and returning emails before I even get out of bed and many times scan right over the devotional email, sometimes just deleting it. This happened to me today. And, I mean, I have really genuinely been trying to just take three minutes four minutes, whatever it is, and just read my morning devotional before I start the day. And today was one of them days where my phone was just blowed up. And in my mind, I just felt like I, I couldn't sacrifice three minutes to do this. And I'm very ashamed to admit that. But I mean, it's the truth. The struggle is real, man. You know, uh, I feel like I just don't have time to go through it. 
Like there's this urgent sense of needing to complete my morning tasks first. The Holy Spirit gently nudges at me later in the day and reminds me of how I spent two hours on social media, but not three minutes reading my devotional. Granted, I do usually pray a lot throughout the day, and it's like uh, every demon in hell is fighting me when I'm trying to open that devotional email. But if the truth be known, and this is uncomfortable to say, but this is part of the message today, is getting honest about who we really are and saying, you know what, it probably has way less to do with hell's demons trying to keep me from reading a a devotional and more to do with my own laziness and desires to be comfortable. Many times I read that devotional and it makes me uncomfortable because the word of God is challenging. You know, Uh, the gospel of Christ is good news, but it also challenges us on the deepest levels to be better people. And in order to be better people, we have to look into the mirror of God's word to see the blemishes in our personality and in our in our minds and in our behavior so that we can correct those things. But, you know, I get tired of feeling like I'm my own worst enemy in these situations. It's exhausting, and I'd rather just chase excitement or anything else that numbs my pain and hurt. I'm still an addict nine years later. I've just traded one very obvious unhealthy addiction for a dozen more acceptable addictions. Food, excitement, workaholism, codependency, control issues, financial gain, the pursuit of acceptance from a bunch of people I don't even really like or call friends. It's absolute insanity. It really is. Uh, And left unchecked, it will destroy my life every bit as much or more than the obvious compulsions that I had that led me into recovery nine years ago. But this is not who I am. It's just the person I am today and all part of my growth process towards peace and harmony in my life. Satisfaction within life is not based on your behavior per se, uh, but it is based on your perspective. Obviously, if you're lashing out in anger every day and tearing everyone down around you, uh, that's going to produce That's not going to produce satisfaction. That's going to produce all kinds of junk in your life. But if you're honestly seeking God and trying your best, then your eyes should be on Christ, which always brings peace in the midst of life's storms. Uh, You can 100% be satisfied while growing. Being uncomfortable doesn't mean you're suffering just to change your focus. You know, I mean, being uncomfortable needs to be And many times, and we talk about this a lot inside the recovery circles, being uncomfortable means that you're hitting nerves that need to be dealt with. You're you're digging into things that have been getting in the way, sometimes for decades. And when you hit those nerves, it's very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. It really is. But being uncomfortable doesn't mean you're defeated. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you're weak, even when that uncomfortableness leads to tears, think about that. It doesn't mean you're weak. One thing that I've gotten very comfortable with just in the last year is crying again, you know, just allowing myself to feel the hurt and the pain of my divorce, you know, feel the hurt and pain of all the junk that happened because of COVID, the people that I lost during COVID, from COVID, you know, that, I mean, just 
the junk, the fact that I miss my parents who passed away in 2018, you know, I mean, I just have moments where I feel everything so deeply that I am just 100% done with suppressing those feelings and suppressing that hurt and pain. Because what I've learned is when I bottle all that junk up, it just comes roaring to the surface, you know, in anxiety or panic or anger, you know, or rage or dissatisfaction or or I'll get into this you know, mode of just being a pity party and woe is me and, you know, the whole world's against me. And then you know, I turn into a professional victim all, all of a sudden or for a minute, you know, and <clears throat> that doesn't produce anything positive in my life, you know, and I have been in this long enough to, to learn that when I find myself in those situations, that I know that it's just my flesh lashing out because I'm not giving it what it wants, you know. And when you refuse to give your flesh what it wants, it will throw a temper tantrum. You know, we, we've had this conversation in the circle of my guys many times where it's like, you know, when you're tempted to do something you know you shouldn't be doing and you don't do it, your flesh does not like that. Because let me let you in on a little secret. You're, when you become a Christian, your flesh don't get saved. Your soul does. You take on the spirit of God. You have to force your flesh to do the right thing from that point forward. That is what the process of holiness is all about. Trying to seek holiness every day looks like you trying to put your flesh under subjection. That's why Jesus said, deny yourself and take up your daily cross and follow me. Deny yourself is what preempts the whole daily cross conversation. And many times we miss that. Denying yourself is denying yourself. It's a self-sacrificial thing where you're just going to say, you know what, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm, I'm raising a standard in how I want to live. And I don't want to keep making the, the same mistakes again. I had a conversation, I think it was, I don't know if it was today or yesterday with, a, with one of my best friends. And we were talking about the dating scene and stuff and everything. And, you know, I'm, you know, slowly, you know, I don't even, it just, I can't even believe the words are going to come out of my mouth. It just makes me sick to my stomach to have to think about the dating scene again. I'm not looking forward to that at all. And, uh, you know, he was kind of just sarcastically sort of just throwing some quick fix dating things out on the table. And he's like, why don't you just do this? Or why don't you just do that? And I'm like, because I don't want to make the same mistakes that I made in the past. I'm not who I used to be anymore. I don't have the same desires I had, you know, 10 years ago. You know, I'm just a completely different person. And the things that I desire now and the things that I'm looking for now are radically different than what I was looking for 10 years ago. Um, So, you know, that's me trying to walk out holiness in some way, shape, or form. You know, that's me trying to recognize a habit pattern in my life that took me nowhere, trying to change that and putting forth some effort, even though it's very uncomfortable at times, um, toward trying to, you know, open myself up again and trying to not do the stupid stuff that I did in the past and be somebody different. You know, I mean, it just, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm on the potter's wheel right now and I'm trying to stay there as much as I can because, you know, here's the potter's wheel analogy. When you're on the potter's wheel, that means you're in the word, you're praying every day, you know, you're trying to seek the face of God. Then that potter's wheel is spinning 
and the potter has water on his hands and it caresses you with water and when that wheel is spinning you're you're nice and you're moist and it's easy for the potter to mold you into what it is he wants you to be when we step off the potter's wheel now we're just a dry lump of clay you guys remember play-doh when you're in kindergarten you remember what it was like to turn that lump of Play-Doh into a dog or a dinosaur or into a little angel or, you know, something like that? It took some pressure, didn't it? You had to force, you know, the, the uh, Play-Doh into the shape you wanted it to be in. Well, that's what happens when we step off the potter's wheel, when we get out of, you know, that routine of being in God's Word, when we get out of that routine of reading the Word and, and trying to seek God on a daily basis, He has to use more pressure to mold you into what He wants you to be, which is better than what you are right now. That's kind of where I am right now in my life. You know, I'm kind of in that situation where, you know, I'm very uncomfortable with what lies ahead of me romantically, you know, and I don't know where I'm going to go with that. I'm very adamant about the things that uh that is important to me now and i i have i have you know sober thinking and and a a track record now of right decision making to back that up but you know it i'm totally okay kind of where i am you know and i'm comfortable and i don't want to be uncomfortable you know um and that that's part of our that's part of our message here today is that you know, our efforts to seek holiness, the whole idea behind holiness is for our benefit. God doesn't benefit from us being holy. You know, he, he's put those principles in place so we can have the best life we can have here on earth. When we get to heaven, we won't need the process of holiness because we will already have attained holiness when we get there. Getting there is the holiness gold medal, you know. Um, you don't have to fight your flesh in, in heaven because you're going to get a new body. This, this flesh is going back to the dirt from which it was created from, you know? So, you know, holiness is, is for our benefit. You know, all the rules and the commands of the Bible was given to us in love and it was given to us in a way to where, yes, it will make you uncomfortable, but the fruit that it produces gives us satisfaction on a such greater level than we could ever achieve on our own. So uh, let me get back into my notes here and keep moving forward. I can remember the uh, when I first got into a recovery program, I read books that talked about learning to love the uncomfortable process of recovery. I was like, are these people insane? How can I l- learn to love the uncomfortable process of personal and spiritual growth? Well, the same way you learn to love the pain that comes along with your workout you know, in your physical body. Yes, it hurts your body when you go to the gym, especially for the first few weeks. But over time, you start to see your body change, you lose weight, and the person in the mirror starts to look more like what you want them to look like. That builds confidence and you feel healthier. Discipleship works the same way. It's tough at first. It's a completely different view. It will give you a completely different view on life. And will seem very foreign to you in many ways because the principles of the Bible go dead set against what our flesh wants, what you feel. You can't live by your feelings. You have to live by what you know is right. That standard is dictated to us from the Bible. Um, It's tough at first, but when uh, you work through all the behavior modifications and uh, having to walk by faith, even when God seems to be or feels a thousand miles away, um, we still can 
can walk in victory and satisfaction. We surround ourselves with uh, other people trying to grow, and we support each other. This is where a program like Celebrate Recovery comes in, or you know, maybe you're part of a book club at your church or a small group at your church where you know you study books of the Bible, or you know you go through a, a Christian TV series together and talk about it after each episode, and you know all that kind of stuff. We surround ourselves with healthy people. Over time, we start noticing that we don't react the same as we did before, or that things we used to desire are not in control of our lives anymore. Granted, it's a slow process most of the time. Um, it's a slow process most of the time, but it does work. Uh, the biggest frustration for people who are trying to, you know, walk through the valley of personal growth or the narrow path of personal growth um, in Christ is that that slow process part of it. Every addict I've ever dealt with that has walked into recovery, myself included, the first couple years I was in, wants to do this stuff at the speed of light. They just want to get all the information that fixes their problems, apply them to their life, and bam, they're fixed. So six months later, and I've seen some guys six meetings later walk away thinking they got it figured out. Well, that's not how this process works at all because the more you try to rush it, and the more you try to run your way through, sprint your way through, you know, this process of recovery, you know, the harder it will get because it will blow right up in your face because you, you can't do this stuff in your time. I tell guys all the time, you know, many of us who struggle with compulsive behavior related things, you know, we spend most of our teenage to adult life programming ourselves in a certain way to respond to life and cope with life in a certain manner. It takes time to reprogram yourself and modify your behavior and get under the blood of Christ and get the truth of God's word in your DNA, in your heart, get your heart aligned with the word. That takes time. That's not an overnight process. If you spent 20, 30 years polluting your mind, your mind is not going to be renewed overnight. No one's going to wave a magic wand over you and poof, you're healed. And it's all done and over with. And you never desire an evil thing ever again. That's not how it works. So that slow process is really the toughest part of this. Uh, I told a sponsee last week, isn't it funny how you never hear stories about how wonderful people's lives are because of drugs and alcohol or compulsive behavior. No one ever says, boy, my anger has really brought wholeness and satisfaction into my life. And I'm so glad I started looking at pornography. It's made my life so much better. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Well, that's because sin always has a shame component. No one will ever be able to shake. And uh, none of us are exempt from that. So instead of throwing a temper tantrum over your lack of control of God's work in your life, because that's a big struggle. You guys get frustrated in this and they just like, this ain't working. And I don't see how this is going to, I don't see any avenue where I'm ever going to be better than what I am. And I'm doing all the things that you're telling me to do and it's not working. Well, how long have you been doing it? That's usually what it comes back to. How long have you been doing it? Oh, a year? Okay. Well, I'm nine years into this, and I'm just starting to scratch the surface to what true freedom and satisfaction looks like in life. Ain't got a long way yet to go. But you know what? I'm a thousand percent better now than what I was nine years ago. 
That's how it works. And we are such control freaks that we're ready to throw in the towel and give up because we can't see where we're going. Because God's being a jerk and won't show me, you know, what what my freedom's going to look like. Well, how can you walk in faith if you have all the answers? You can't. That, that That's not possible. The whole idea behind walking in faith is not knowing what is going to happen. How can you have faith if you have all your own answers? People who come into a recovery program and think they have all their, their own answers are near to impossible to, to be able to help. They will argue with you tooth and nail about everything you ask them to do. It's never enough. What you're telling them to do isn't working quick enough. You know, there's always that conversation. And it just, it's an absolute chaotic mess because they won't shut up, slow down, and take it easy. The easiest path through this whole personal growth process is to slow down so you can go faster. The more you slow down and let God slowly and gently heal you and push these things out of your life and and rewire your, your brain and how you think and how you approach life and learning that not everything requires a reaction and learning that you don't have to have control over everything, that he has control over everything, and you need to just trust in him, then the faster you'll get to the place that you want to be. But again, it's not an overnight sensation. How about we just practice some faith? Not knowing what God's doing is what that looks like. How could you ever have faith if you have all your own answers? When people come to me and say, I want to know God's will for my life, what they're really asking is, I want to know the future. I want you to look into a crystal ball and tell me what my life is going to look like after I've worked the program for five years. And that looks different for everybody. And thank God for that process of being different for everybody because we're all individuals and God deals with every single one of us differently. There is a whole bunch of textbook techniques that we use to get and stay sober, both physically, spiritually, and psychologically. All those components have to work together for it to work. But it happens at a snail's pace. And you have to learn how to work that out and to walk that out in victory. If I had a nickel for every time I had to dig someone out of a self-inflicted tantrum because they demand to know what God is doing in their lives and can't see how things are ever going to get better, I'd be a very rich man. None of us have a crystal ball to tell us the future. That's what pagans do, not Christians. Not knowing is part of the process. And then I start speaking about holiness, which we already covered. Holiness is for our benefit here on earth. It doesn't benefit God. I will say that God is very pleased when he sees our efforts to walk out holiness because he takes joy in seeing us, you know, try to do good and to be good people. But God has created the boundaries of this world through his word to protect us and to lead us toward healthy living. Uh, I guess you could say it brings him pleasure to watch us trust him and walk by faith. I know that that brings him pleasure. But it doesn't make him a better God. He's already perfectly whole. Holiness is a way of life we should desire to love ourselves and each other better. Without God's holiness guidelines, we would self-destruct and be consumed by our own evil desires. 
It was an act of his love in telling us how we should love and treat each other. That's why we can't focus on today's struggle so much because it will rob us of all the beauty that he is weaving into our lives each and every day. Granted, some days are more obvious than others, but never mistake his silence for his absence. He is always working things toward our growth and benefit. And he's far more concerned with our growth than he is our comfort level. If you have found value in this podcast or if it has blessed you in any way, can I ask a couple things from you real quick? Please rate and review this podcast in whatever format you listen to it on, especially if you use Google or Apple Podcasting app. Also, could I ask you to please donate to this ministry? Uh, We need your financial support. We are not sponsored by any church or religious denomination, nor do we have any corporate sponsors. Uh, We are totally independent and dependent on our listeners to make this ministry resource possible. Please consider giving to this ministry. I'll be sure to post links and information on how to give in the description of this podcast. And finally, and most importantly, we need your prayers for guidance and protection from the people who look to silence voices like ours. Pray for God's favor in the eyes of our enemies and grace in our hearts toward them. Pray that God uses this podcast to speak into the lives of those struggling with addiction and ministers to the hearts of the hurting. We need your prayers covering this ministry so we can be effective ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. My prayer is that it blessed you and brought you a fresh understanding of our lives in this world and our need for unity in Christ. A brush fire of revival in Jesus Christ is our only hope for satisfaction and true joy as we walk out the human experience that is our day-to-day lives. It's been my sincere honor to be your host today at the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. Be blessed and be a blessing to those around you. Till next time, I leave you with a scripture from Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) 